realize that what you say or do in that moment when your teen has made a pretty big mistake or done something wrong, broken a rule, your response to their behavior is one of the most critical factors in whether or not they do something like that again? This is Speaking of Teens, the podcast that helps parents struggling to find peace and connection with their teens. My name is Ann Coleman. I'm an attorney turned parent educator and a mom who's been there. And I'm on a mission to help you build a stronger relationship and decrease the conflict with your kid so you can help them grow into the young adult they're meant to be. Today, I have our weekly bonus episode. If you're new here, welcome. And just so you know, our more in-depth episode is every Tuesday and our bonus episodes are on Friday. And today, I want you to think about your normal response, your usual response to your teen when they've done something wrong. Are you an instant yeller and consequences issuer? Or do you lecture and maybe just hope for better next time? Well, in reality, the best response lies somewhere in the middle of those. Let's say your 14-year-old snuck out through their bedroom window after you went to bed and walked six blocks up to meet their friends on a school night, and they didn't get back in till about 3 a.m., And you just happen to be standing there in the dark in their bedroom waiting for them and see them sneaking back in and taking off their clothes and getting back into bed. I actually have a story for you. I walked into my son's room in the middle of the night once and found a handwritten note on the bed where his scrawny little butt should have been asleep. I still have it somewhere. And it said something like, Mom, if you find this note, I'm okay. I've just gone down the street to meet Riley, and we're not going anywhere else, and we're not doing anything dangerous. I'll be back soon. Love you. And we're not even going to talk about what I did. I'm pretty sure I lost it or freaked out at some point. But anyway, it didn't soften the blow at all. So what do you do when your kid has done something wrong like this? Well, the first thing you should do If you're infuriated and you don't feel you can stop yourself from totally spinning out of control and yelling and threatening or lecturing, you need to just hold off on doing or saying much of anything at all, period. There is no rule that says that we must address our kids' misbehavior immediately as soon as we discover it. 99% of the time, It's not an emergency situation. The harm, if there was any, has already been done. Whatever it is they did, they did it. So in the heat of the moment, when you're feeling anxious or furious or anything other than calm, it is not the time to address their behavior. So things that happen late at night like this are usually best addressed the next day. After school is over even. Again, no one's going to suffer if this isn't addressed right this minute. So just let them know, I'm angry and frustrated right now, and I'm not sure I can control my temper. So we'll talk about this tomorrow, or we'll talk about this later, whatever. Just don't do it right then. The next thing you need to consider is how serious was this offense? Did someone get hurt somehow? physically, emotionally, financially, or did they put themselves or someone else in danger of being hurt? Was it illegal? Did it 
put them in danger of being arrested or someone else in danger of being arrested? Have they done it before? If you can answer no to all of that, and as I'll discuss in a minute, they're remorseful for what they've done, then remind yourself that we all learn by making mistakes, that it's actually the best way to learn. Remind yourself of the way their brain works and be empathetic and remind yourself that they're really just a big toddler writing on the walls and they're still learning how to behave properly. Even if they've done this on purpose, in reality, it's a mistake because their brain doesn't function like ours. They don't have the same ability to be rational and reasonable and make sound and wise decisions. They don't have the same self-control. They react on emotion and in the heat of the moment because their brain is telling them, do it, do it, do it. Yeah, you might get hurt, but probably not. And look how much fun this could be. Their brain during adolescence is functioning much like a toddler's. So picture them in that big body with a little toddler head and remember that toddlers make mistakes. And so do adolescents and so do adults. We all learn how to behave by getting it wrong a lot at first. We fall a lot for the first months when we try to walk. We stumble over our words the first time we try to read. We all hurt someone's feelings or act out of turn when we first start playing in groups. And we all mess up when we're feeling our way through this complicated social and emotional and academic part of life called adolescence. We don't learn how to do anything without doing it badly first. And when these things our teens and tweens do disappoint us or make us angry, it's because we're expecting way more of them than they are capable of. Oh, yes, I know that argument. Well, I expect a lot from my kid. If not, how will they ever rise to the occasion and get better at anything? There's a big difference between reasonable and unreasonable expectations for a teenager. We can't expect someone with an unfinished brain to perform like someone with a finished brain, an adult. The brain they have is one with little to no self-control. It severely lacks good decision-making and planning ahead skills, but it's overflowing with the urge to do crazy, risky things, and it turns them into an endless fountain of negative emotion, you have to temper your expectations here. Come on. If you expect mistakes to happen, just like when they first learn to play an instrument or a sport, then you won't be so dang disappointed when they hit a sour note or put a goal in the opponent's net. If you assume the role of teacher rather than punisher, you can avoid a lot of conflict. So when they mess up, but it's not harmful in some way, like the sneaking out, you don't have to even think about issuing consequences that first time. I know, I know, I know. If I don't, they'll just do it again. That absolutely does not have to be the case. When they've made this mistake, 
and you're calm and ready to have a brief discussion, simply ask them, what happened? With a normal, sincere, and curious tone, seriously, why did they feel the need to sneak out? Why would you think? It could be that it's just exciting to do something that's so forbidden, right? Or it could be that maybe they made a reasonable request to go see this person earlier, but you said no. It could have been that this person texted them in the middle of the night and said they were thinking about harming themselves or that they were going to sneak off with somebody they met on the internet. You don't know until you ask. Never presume they've done something that you see as wrong for some nefarious or manipulative reason. Ask them. And I don't mean ask them, what were you thinking? Or why did you do that? Ask them with the open-ended question, what happened? And then be open to any reasons for their actions. They could have done the right thing, but maybe they just went about it in the wrong way. Be mindful of that. You can guide them to do it the right way next time. So when you ask, what happened? Then you have to know how to truly listen to them. Validate their feelings. Yes, I understand you really missed her. Ask curiosity questions along the way to help them process how they made that decision they made and what they did may be wrong about it. You know, ask them something like, did you go back and forth on your decision to leave the house without telling us? Did you have any second thoughts? What kept you from paying attention to those second thoughts? Things like that to help them think about what they were thinking. And just remember, this is not a lecture. You shouldn't shame them. Use I statements. Don't say, you know, oh, I'm so disappointed in you because disappointment makes them feel like a loser. It's I statements like, I worry when you sneak out in the middle of the night. I'm concerned that you could have gotten hurt and not something like you worry me acting like this. That's a you statement and you don't want to do that. It sounds very accusatory. And ignore any little digs they try to make to you or any tone or disrespect. You can always address this later. You're trying to get to the root of this problem right here and help them process what they did. Don't let them get you off course. And if they're being defensive, it may be because you're using the wrong language or you're using the wrong tone of voice. When you've listened and you're convinced that they get what they did was not right or that was not the correct way to go about it, then there's no need for consequences. It's better to now discuss how this can be avoided in the future and then discuss what the consequences should be if it does happen this way again. So you help them decide how can we do this? How can we avoid this problem the next time? So Next time, they could tell you that a friend is in trouble, or perhaps you can grant them a 30-minute visit with that girlfriend or, or boyfriend down the street and avoid them feeling like they have to sneak out. Ask yourself, what's it going to hurt? Because being reasonable and flexible will build 
trust and connection between you and your kid so they won't feel the need to have to hide things from you. If they can tell you a friend is in trouble and they need to do something without you freaking out about it or saying no, they're more likely to do that than to sneak around behind your back. Or if you're likely to let them have a few extra minutes now and then to do something, then they're less likely to just take it. So just try this. I really do think you'll be surprised. That's it for Speaking of Teens today. I appreciate you so much for being here. And I've linked to a couple of other related episodes in the show description right where you're listening. And if you like what you heard today, please come back on Tuesday and consider sharing the podcast with a friend. You can now go to speakingofteens.com forward slash waitlist to add your name because we have something big and exciting coming soon. Rather than just another parenting course, we've decided to form an online gathering place where you and your co-parent, if you like, can come and learn every aspect of parenting teens and tweens from me and additional experts through live virtual meetups, a community, and other built-in learning resources. It's going to be incredible. We'll be opening the doors in not the too distant future, so come back each week right here for an update. And hey, I've spent the last two and a half days trying to get my email to work, so if you'd like to test it out for me, you can send me a hello at acoleman at speakingofteens.com. All right. Our producer and editor is Steve Coleman, research written and hosted by me, Ann Coleman. Until next time, stay in the moment and remember you are not alone. <laughs>